people. It's Reg. It's Stone. And it's the Corona self quarantine hour. We are here remote from our bunkers. <laughs> the zombie hordes are outside. We're all afraid. But we've got supplies. We've got shotguns. And we're ready for anything that could come at us. Because we're prepared as black folks in New York City. Yo, this shit is real, man. Like yeah, the, we man. we are legit both like pretty much self quarantined. We both live in Brooklyn, but we're recording remote. Like uh, it hit me, man. I was like, oh, this is this is the new normal. Man, they they canceling. Yo, the March Madness is not going to be that mad. It's got empty stadiums, dude. That that's going to be. I think that's going to freak people out, man. I think that's going to like they're going to see that and they're going to think it's some dystopian future. Oh, and it's, we. It's- <laughs> It's insane. And playoffs. Playoffs are fucking huge. Playoffs are in a couple of weeks for fucking NBA. That's that's their yeah. money maker. Yeah, no, yeah. it's gonna be it, I just imagine they're gonna hire in like, you know, you have the Grammys and shit. We have the seats the the seat fillers. They're gonna have like a whole bunch of these fake imaginary fans just there, probably CGI'd in half the time. Just to kind of show up and just fucking pretend that it's a fucking, you know, pretend chairs or like the old school sitcoms when they kinda of dub in the fucking laugh tracks, it'll be like dubbed in cheers and booze. Insane. It's it's, but, uh, it's crazy. Yeah, but uh, but uh, I don't know. Like uh, oh, what can you do? It's 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 a new normal. But we will persevere. What will not persevere, at least in 2020, is South by Southwest. Stone <laughs> called it. <laughs> it is canceled. And not only is it canceled, it's kind of walking wounded right about now. Yeah. So. The same cat who kind of like cued me in on South by being canceled also told me that, you know, they're going through some shit right now. The South by organization. Um, I don't think this is like 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 inside news. I know they laid off a third of their staff and I think they're struggling now because, you know, when you put on a festival like that, you expect to get paid (laughs) and then you pay out. To all the people that you need to pay out to, and I think it's it's a lot of un, like things that are unclear in terms of like you know if an artist was already booked and they got the deposit like you know to to speak or whatnot like you know are they still getting paid you know and also too they're saying they're not going to cancel people's tickets they're not going to do refunds they're just saying oh come back in 2021 but people are doing chargebacks on their cards and i guess if a lot if more people do chargebacks it means like south by might get bankrupt and like this shit is getting real dude like this is this is like you know i feel like what south by what south by is going through is probably going to start playing itself out through all of these other festivals are starting are starting to get canceled. Um, so yeah, it's 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 crazy right now. It's super crazy right now. Um, yeah, and, and and it, it kind of sucks. It's, uh, I mean, to put it lightly, because it's a ripple effect. So it's the idea of where, all right, cool. You know, you're South by Southwest. 
I'm not going to say like they're a huge mega, mega corporation, but, you know, on a smaller level, like I was reading about a guy who was saying that he does like uh, T-shirts and silk screening and, you know, lives in Austin. And that's like a big, that's like 30% of his yearly income comes through the two weeks of madness that happens in South by, you know, this is event planning, whereas it's like, you know, if you want to, you know, all these, there's a lot of side hustles where, you know, you show up for that AT&T tent to get your free fucking lighter you know, there's a team involved with that. That's not necessarily internal of AT&T. They hire third parties. Like, they aren't getting paid. It goes back to the bartenders. It goes back to the acts, where generally a lot of these indie acts, you know, they, they plan their tours around South By. The goal is to go to, you know, work their way there, do South By, and work their way out again. And and you have things where promotion, album promotion is built into it. It's things where, you know, on a small case, you know, it, su- it sucks. Like, you know, and I think the idea is we lose sight of it is like, you know, not being able to go to South by is very much a first world problem. The problem is that the way kind of capitalism is kind of set up in the United States is that we're all kind of tied together and there really aren't any safety nets. So there's this ripple effects that go there, whereby the fact of where that like, you know, South by Southwest can't doesn't have insurance for viruses because the insurance companies are smart enough to not to put it in there, which means for a lot of these expenses, they aren't covered, which means people are laid off, which, you know, it, it just kind of starts to barrel and it's, and it's kind of unfortunate. And like you said, it's it kind of looks at the bigger festival landscape. I, I don't think of like a golden voice, you know, Coachella's kind of an institution now. They'll find a way. But, you know, a couple of years ago, CMJ was very popular and very popular. That disappeared. You know, South by Southwest is kind of walking wounded. For me, where I get scared is the idea of where, you know, you already had these really big mega corporate festivals kind of going out there, charging you 30 bucks, I mean 30 bucks, 300 bucks for tickets, you know, sponsored by Bud Light. You had a small little cottage industry of small, more focused festivals. Like if you like, let's say you're like even like even like let's say you're Rolling Louds, which is still a big festival, but but you kind of get yeah. into micro stuff. Whereas it's like you know things of where jazz festivals, like like music jazz festival, all these smaller festivals, it's like these things are gonna kind of suffer too. And particularly in the smaller markets, it's gonna be fucking scary. And you know, at the end of the day. People make money off live music. Like, we all know the way streaming's going. It's a lot of it's live performances, and it's like you wonder how bad it's going to get. You know, like, I have tickets to go see Thundercat two weeks, Webster Hall. I think Webster Hall is about 1,000, maybe 1,500 people together. Well, like, well, I know DC was saying how any kind of mass gathering over 1,000, they want to kind of stop. Will they start canceling shit at Webster Hall? Will Webster Hall be able to play its people? You know what I'm saying? It, it starts to kind of get in these good ripple effects. And that's why, why ultimately, I kind of get why you need to do it for society in general it kind of sucks because america's not really built for this kind of like you know slowage in the economy yeah and i I think that's the thing you know like like we focus on kind of like the larger touring artists and things like that they'll be okay but it's it's not even like even the smaller artists sometimes it's like the sound guys the stage hands all the backline people like there's so many people that are involved in the production of a show that are now pretty much out of work for like the next three to four weeks. And that work is very much, you know, is paycheck to paycheck. So I think there's going to have to be a reckoning within the music industry um, around like how to uh, both lift up and support these supporting players because I feel like it's you know I'm 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 on this um like I was on this live music subreddit as all people you know all the back background people the lighting people things like that 
they're all out of work, you know, and 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 people like have staked like a lot of their you know fortunes on South by and staked a lot of their fortunes on Coachella and like all these other festivals. So um, I think definitely the the music industry should start focusing on on them and kind of like looking at um, ways that that we can like support like the industry. Right. And like a lot of times people think about the industry, they think of like the music moguls and the artists, but there's a whole other behind the scenes um, just mechanism um, that we have to think of. And, you know, for me, I've I've done like three shows in Austin, three shows in South by those are the coolest cast you'll ever meet. Like they're just like ready to work, ready to do whatever. Oh, your sound's fucked up? Okay, cool. I got it. We're going to figure it out. You know, like, there's a lot of that, like, kind of hustle. And um, it's sad. It's sad to see some of those those people uh, struggling right now. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I, I guess we're we're in this new normal now where uh, we're literally going to be like Italy and China in, like, a week where we're basically not being able to, <laughs> like, leave the house. And, like, I, you know, it's just, it's, I think for me, it's kind of hard to comprehend that. Cause it's just like, you know, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be crazy, dude. Um, and then too, like, um, you mentioned like some of the smaller festivals. Yeah. You know, like, like, um, Coachella is being, um, moved to October. I know a couple other festivals are looking at, uh, moving to October, but you know, like winter music conference in Miami got canceled. Um, you know, now we're looking at like smaller festivals like Broccoli City and I know some of those cats and they're very much like, um, you know, uh, just um, not like they're not Golden Voice or AEG or whatnot. Like they're just like, you know, people who love music um, and that's coming up like April, May ish. Um, that's kind of like next on the cancellation list, possibly. So. Um, Buku in New Orleans, I think they 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 haven't announced anything as of this recording, but that's a really cool festival. So there's a lot of those like smaller festivals that yeah, you're right, you know, um, like might not be able to c- recover, might have to take a year off uh, to recoup losses, um, might have to like you know like figure out how to go smaller. Um, so I think it's going to be a huge kind of reset in the whole festival space. And again, like this is where a lot of touring artists make a bulk of their money. So um, I think the music industry should, should be thinking long and hard about this, um, like, and not ignore it. Like this is going to be a huge, huge, huge deal um, in the next few weeks. Yeah. And I, and I think it's an, it's the, I guess the irony of it all is the idea of where there's so many things are tied into like live music, even on the industry, even if you're your record label fat cat dude with 360 deals with pushing merch, you know, there's a lot of things tied into live music where I think normally back in the days they would be like, well, fuck you. We still have, we're still selling X amount of CDs. We still sell X amount of records, you know, you know, it's not really the same. And obviously there's the streaming revenue is there, but you know, even the industry itself has found a way to get its tendrils into fucking like the live music space. Going back to where we're discussing about Megan, how Megan has to give up, I think 30% of her sales to for live shows back to the record label 
you know, it's not just, you know, and it's kind of sad that you have to kind of have them invested in, the, in it this way. You figure it'd be for the love of music, but at the end of the day, this is affecting revenue streams for the label themselves, for these big corporations. And ideally, you hope at least, if it's not out of the love of the arts, it's out of the love of the money, they'll figure out a way to kind of navigate these waters. And like I said, ideally, when that happens, it'll also help the smaller cacks. You know, it's it's something where I think now, like me personally, and just in general, for I think a lot of young artists, live music, music is very important. It's how they get fucking, it's how they hone stuff out, it's how they kind of, you know, get things kind of popping, it's how they learn their art, it's how they learn in front of an audience. And you kind of need that pipeline. It's already been under attack because of gentrification and high rents and, you know, this and that. You know, I, I it's, it is what it is. I just don't think, you know, the industry is ready for such a kind of like, you know, weird, random, like, you know, nuke to kind of come at it. At the same time, it should be like, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I don't know if this is more esoteric idea, but, you know, it would have been nice when <laughs> like, you know, the revenue streams are drying up and, you know, kind of everybody kind of came this in this together that there was a little bit more of a you know, a little more things kind of put together where there was contingency plans, you know, more festivals kind of, you know, were more, you know, I won't say necessarily corporate sponsored, but they kind of put their money where their mouth is. It's like the idea is if, if Atlanta, I mean, Atlanta, if it's Atlantic Records or whoever it is, is fucking, you know, making half the revenue off a live show that they would kind of put more into that live show space, into that touring, besides just ferrying, you know, acts back and forth in a bus. You know, it'd be something where we're kind of all tied in here together. And I hope that's the lesson that kind of these kind of guys kind of kind of leave it, leave with it, basically, long story short. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I, I do have to say there are like these really interesting things that are happening um, just on, like, on a positive note. We, we can we can end the segment on a positive note. Um, I guess like people are saying, you know, these people, you know, and again, like artists, no matter if you're, you know, say Drake or you're like, you know, Drake down the street, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, they're all freelancers at the end of the day. Like they're all like, you know, always looking for the next gig. Um, and apparently they're in the UK. There's like a discussion around like a $500 billion kind of support system for, uh, freelancers um, who are like going to lose work because a lot of people don't have sick days. So like those are those conversations are starting to happen, which I think is really interesting. Um, because yeah, I, th- I think like people like these people were like invisible, um, you know, like like for a long time, and now it's just like oh shit, these people are make the who who make the trains run on time. You know, these are the people who like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Keep the whole mechanism working, you know, so mechanism running. So, um, so yeah, it's going to, it's going to be interesting. And, and I think like what I'm going to look for over the next week is just what the major labels are going to say, what the live nations are going to say. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm seeing like some of these tech companies step up for their salary employees. Cause you know, or not salary, but they're like uh, contract and, you know, like, contract employees and things like that and saying like we're going to pay for their um for their um what you call it their salaries or whatever while like everybody's working from home you know we don't need a janitor to be at the uh, at the office but we're going to pay that janitor anyway right so um it's going to be interesting to see like what a live nation says right um if the live nation is going to step up and do that or 
there's some of these other large companies that are going to step up and do that for some of their backup house house people. Um, so that's what I'm looking out for. But uh, yeah, it's 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 crazy. The I'm already like uh, getting like press releases from like you know these people. You remember those people like when um, like virtual concerts were, were, were trying to be a thing like ten years ago, and like the Tupac Chief, hologram, like Chief all that Keith. shit. When Chief Keep couldn't play Chicago, he was trying to have a, ho- a hologram of him beamed in. <laughs> Dude, all that shit is, is, is it looks like it's coming back, fam. Like like those it's those cats it. are salivating. Those those cats are like, yo, it's, it's my time. <laughs> <laughs> I had this VR kit here lying, these these three D TVs here for a long time. Time to break out break it all out again. <laughs> uh, and on that oh, note, man. let's let's talk about new music. Let's go let's go into something a little bit more feminine. A little more, you know, nice, relaxed, sensual, you know, a little, little, not sexually aggressive at all. Megan the Stallion. Well, you said not aggressive. Not aggressive at all. Megan, she's she's a she's what? she's a, she's a pussy cat. As fuck, the pussy cat. No, I was saying to my friend, I'm like, it's it's uh, thanks to like that little Kim hardcore era. It's like it, in my mind, it, I just imagine like you know, it just it just brings it back to young Reggie. Where he was just like you know like just just in love with little Kim and you know the 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 idea of a sexually liberated black woman telling me to shut the fuck up it's one of my sweet spots man <laughs> and, and and that is not Megan Stallion I'm just of course that's 100 percent I'm just being I'm just joking <laughs> but uh it's kind anyway, of anyway. yeah anyway anyway but long story short Chica came out uh, it's an EP but it's weird because it's an EP of nine songs so I feel like for some that be an album. That's neither here nor there. It's an EP with uh, a wide variety of production. I believe the first like six songs are pretty much her go-to producers, but the next two are two Neptune's tracks. Yeah. And the last song is a fucking has a Timberland fucking credit. Not mad. Not yeah, mad not at mad. all. So I don't know. Bring, so bringing it back to that like early, the, was it like that that nineties era, late nineties era when like Neptune's and the Timbaland and Timbaland were like going back and forth, you know? It, yeah, no, it's, it's 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 if for a tastemaker wise, it's pretty good. So like um on my end, I'm gonna be that dude. We went, we ended on a positive note. I'm gonna be end on the hater note. Um, it's weird because I felt like those earlier tracks. They were really strong. Once you kind of got to the Neptunes and Timberland tracks, they're interesting. If you're a music fan, I probably recommend you listening to them just to kind of hear like these, particularly the Neptunes tracks, because, you know, it's a rarity that Pharrell and Chad get together in the studio and make music. So what I found fascinating about these tracks is on the surface, they really aren't Neptune tracks at all. Uh, You've got one song, which is basically kind of reminds me more of a trippy ATL writer type kind of beat, and the other one is straight gospel chops a la modern Kanye West. So it kind of does a lot to kind of show you that, like, if they wanted to, they could definitely compete with what's happening now as far as production is concerned. At the same time, it was just a bit jarring because you kind of get a Neptune's credit. You'd figure you want to get a Neptune's credit to get a Neptune's kind of beat. Not to kind of get beats that are kind of, you know, you probably could still kind of find on SoundCloud. You know what I'm saying? No, I I, I feel you. And, and it's funny that you say that, too, because when, I, I had to double check when I heard, because uh, I listened to the beat. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then I had to double check when I read, like, uh, the Pitchfork review. 
And they're like, oh, you know, the Neptunes contribute on this track. And I'm like, really? And I heard the four <laughs> count, which is like the classic Neptunes. But I'm like, this, I mean, I get it, but this is, this is not like, yeah, this is like when I pay like, I don't know, like 200 grand for a Neptunes track, I want to hit, right? And maybe they got this off the bargain bin. Maybe this is like a, you know, like off, off that random USB stick. <laughs> and it's like, you know. I'm not, yeah, yeah agreed. And it's like, I'm not <laughs> mad at it because it shows, like, it reminds me of, like, I saw Manny Fresh play um back back in the Red Bull days when Red Bull used to throw money at actually at live acts. And they had one of those. um When America was those, great. When, when America, before, before, <laughs> before <laughs> our current president, back back when we we all had hope before coronavirus. You know what I'm saying? It was it was it was beautiful back then. But anyway, long story short, so I remember Manny Fresh was kinda of there and he was, you know, playing out of his beats, DJing, and he was kinda of making a point and he kinda of said on the mic of where, hey, like I'm praying you the Manny Fresh shit. I'm playing you the new updated Manny Fresh shit. But I could also do trap. I could also do fucking, you know, weekend atmospheric R and B. He was just throwing things into the mix. So like I said, I kinda of like that. But like he pointed out, I'm like, I'm not paying this real money to get like fucking really good versions of beats I could kinda of already get. What I found kind of fascinating is those are also the, the weakest tracks on the album. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think it's, it's so. This album to me was was fairly interesting. Um, I definitely agree that the first uh, few tracks are strong. I would say like the first two or three tracks were undoubtedly strong. Um, and I know like uh, that song, uh, "Bitch," B I T C H. Um, I actually enjoyed, although a lot of people hated. It, it's definitely her most poppiest track to date. But I also feel like that's a track that I'm I'm seeing is really taking off on streaming, and that's a track that you need to secure the bag. So I'm not mad at that. Um, and and, uh, and and what I like about that track too, it's it's a very because it, it's basically NWA. I rather, I mean, obviously, it's basically borrowed some. I would rather fuck with you, like the same sample that yeah. they use in that song, oh, yeah. and then she borrowed the same melody. So even then, it's like it's still very much in her, like you know, you know, like I I can compete. You know, y'all y'all niggas talk dirty and shit about fucking sex. I can do the same exact shit. So I, I like the like it's very much on brand. And I hate saying it like that, but it's very much empowering. So like it's like it's. It's, it's I think that's where if anything the idea of her crossing over and doing stuff that's a little bit more poppy but still keeping in her badass bitch roots I thought that's probably it was much more of a success than the Neptunes and, and the fucking Timberland tracks oh yeah no definitely definitely and, and I feel like I, I'm kind of curious how that that collaboration like started um, but yeah you know I, I, I think when I started reading the background of, of this album, and basically this album was supposed to be a larger album that was supposed to come out in May, apparently, or like songs or pieces of songs were supposed to come out in May as a part of a larger album. And essentially, I guess for some reason, you know, I, I think like once Megan got the restraining order, like she decided to just like take some of these tracks and like throw it together and throw out an EP. And, and mainly that's just like a F you to the label. Right. Um, and also like setting, like, and I don't want to get all lawyerly, but like it's setting precedent, right? Like you have this open window to release something, uh, without your label hindering you. So like you, you might as well release it. Um, so I understand why it's an EP, 
I kind of don't understand why it's a nine song EP. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, but I'm, I'm sure it, it feels like this was something that they just kind of like pieced together just to kind of, um, you know, throw some things like around just to like say, Hey, I'm still here. You know, the rumors, you know, I heard the rumors about like me not releasing music. Here's the new music. Um, having that said, like, I don't think it's bad. And I think a lot of people are railing on this album and a lot of people think it's, it's, you know, cause he, um, there's the one track of Gunna where she's basically aping Gunna's flow. Um, but and, but and then and, and what's weird about that track is kind of all right. So first of all, so that was one of the Neptune's tracks, and I found it fascinating because, like, with, like people kind of forget with Auto Tune, we all have our opinions on it. But ideally, for it to work correctly, you have to kind of drop your words in a certain kind of flow, so the computer kind of picks up the melodies. So yeah. you, so it's weird because obviously Megan's spitting harder than Gunna. But because Gunna knows the way it works, he sounds 20 times better over the tracks than she does. <laughs> so that was, I thought, was very interesting to kind of show you how kind of forcing her into the kind of like, you know, like, hey, you need to have an auto-tune track. doesn't necessarily work. Because even though she's spitting harder bars than Gunna, Gunna's work for, verse, I mean, verse works perfectly because he's just writing the beat out because he knows how to use auto-tune. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And I think, like, people kind of uh, have been honing in on that track as, like, a, a Megan failure. Um, you know, and again, like, I, I feel like if, if, I feel like if, if there, I, I, I want to sound like a white guy, a mulligan, right? If there's, a, <laughs> like, a way to do, like, a do-over, I think that that track would be, I think, a little bit more maybe, like, put together. Um, but, you know, the, I, I would say, like, the first three, two or three tracks are very solid Megan Thee Stallion, her proving oh. that she's still a beast on the mic, right? I think I and, think Captain Hook is a, probably one of her best songs she's ever made. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like Captain Hook so, goes hard. <laughs> yes. So I have to hook, and then, like, like and again, like you have, like, Bitch, which is, like, your 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 pop track. Like, I feel like there's there's the, the... I don't think it was there in terms of, like, this being a major label album, but I do feel like if this played out the way that it did, it would definitely be like her best album to date. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to be as like, you know, angry as the, like the internet mob. Right. I, I do feel like there's just a, a way to, um, I guess like, 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 I, I, I do feel like there's, there's just like gems of greatness there that shows that she's still up next. Right. There's, she's still like able to, to, to bring the heat. So uh, I'm not mad, you know, I'm, and and hopefully she gets this label situation resolved, so she can kind of get get back in get back in the the saddle, um, and and, and really kind of bring the greatness. But I think for me, this is like this is like okay, cool. Like I see where this is going. I see where her career is going. I'm not mad, you know. Yeah, no, it's it's something where, like like like, and like I discussed, it's, it's still the six tracks. Are some of the stronger she's done. You know, unfortunately, it kind of sucks it came out the way it did. You know, there was a vision there, and I think it builds well. I mean, like I said, it's it's just interesting. Like I said, the most the, the the fascinating part here I found, like I said, was just even though it was a miss, like those Neptune's tracks, and it was kind of just an interesting choice. But you know, it is what it is. I'm I'm not I'm not too mad at it. Like I said, it could have been stronger, but you know, it's a lot of these things end up being you know like things behind the scenes that we don't know about. So you know, yeah, true, true. 
Yeah. And then uh, I guess the other big release, which I, which I thought was kind of unfortunate too for her, was the fact of where, you know, after all that major label drama for the last couple of weeks, you know, you figure that's, I mean, unfortunately, the neg negative press is still, you know, any press is good press. But uh, it got clearly outshone by the return of little Uzi Vert, who, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> so you have this dude who kind of, for many people, kind of epitomizes mumble rap. You know, he had that, you know, Tour Life XO that was probably one of the biggest singles, you know, pop singles in the last couple of years, blows up, uh, disappears. He, too, had made it major label trauma with, with, I think it's Cannon and DJ Drama, I think, actually, that he was signed to, and they were fighting back and forth. Actually, what's funny enough, Rock Nation, too. If I remember correctly, it was after Rock Nation kind of showed up that he started questioning the label, if I remember correctly. Dude, that, that, yeah. that, I mean, that's what Megan's uh, manager was saying. So, yeah, so it's it's hmm. so I don't know if Rock Nation is just they're good guys or bad guys, but anyway, hmm. you know, you know, there was a point in time where he said he quit music and deleted all the delete all the songs, and he was quote unquote retired, and you know, we forget that all all that shit. Long story short, dropped a couple of singles at the beginning of the year, and finally the album's here. Um, what's interesting about this album is because I was with a lot of old heads, and then and then they were like, ah, oh, you know, it's the same trash, yada yada yada, this and that, and I kind of get that critique. But I think they kind of missed the point for a major label album for having all these big, you know, highly produced trap influenced like traps. I mean, drum trap influenced tracks. It's a really good album. Like, I think we kind of forget where, you know, five years ago, where Rick Ross were a future, where you would have all these big like trap albums that were really solid. Like, it's been a kind of a weird dead period of where, you know, like, you know, you had Migos, you had fucking Rache Murder, Rache Murder, 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 you had a lot of these like really big events, like hip hop albums that are really well made. And there hasn't been anything like that since. You've had definitely some really, it's kind of, I mean, I don't want to say it's been a revenge of the underground, but obviously like mainstream rap kind of went to a weird identity crisis, it feels like. I'm not going to say that this record necessarily breaks the mold, but you know, like, He's for the first six tracks, he's fucking rapping his ass off like 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 a motherfucker. And I think we kind of forget that he's somebody who grew up as an MC more more or less less akin to SoundCloud rap, but more closely aligned to your traditional Philly hardened hardened hard knucklehead rap sound. More like like he's a kid who grew up on Meek Mill, long story short. So even yeah, though no, he made definitely. his million Yeah. And so like he definitely shows that side. Uh, on the more obviously pop side where he's made his his bread and butter, like those tracks are even solid. Like the track of Sid is fucking fantastic. It's it's just a really good, well put together major label album from my perspective. Dope. Yeah. So I I'm gonna just like be real and say like I I listened to this album, but I don't think I was present for it, and I think maybe I missed a lot. Um, for me. I kind of thought that it got it started getting repetitive after a while, um, but I didn't really give it like a good solid like headphone listen. I gave it like a plan in the background of the living room listen while I work, right? So I think there's a, a little bit of a, of a difference there. Um, so I can't really talk about the album itself. I do have to say, like I enjoyed like the rollout, the marketing. Like the whole kind of like Heaven's Gate kind of, um, I guess, co-opting of the logo and things like that. And also like tying it back to like this whole kind of 
I guess like spirituality type of thing or, or, or like not spirituality, but like, um, you know, um, what do they call it? The, the stars, you know, like the, um, your horoscopes and things like that. I thought that was interesting. I thought that was really cool. I thought that was like, a, a, you know, a really, um, just like, like cool way to kind of promote your album's art. And I, I feel like it's it's just something where I I I applaud him for kind of like the rollout and like the release and kind of the strategy around that. I thought it was really cool. Um, like the video, he's like, like all all the video marketing campaigns. I thought it was like a really cool like uh thing. And I think a lot of people were comparing this album to um Travis Scott's uh, Astro World in a lot of ways. Um, just because you can tell that um he's invested a lot of time, effort, and energy to create art as opposed to just creating an album, which is essentially the knock on quote-unquote mumble rappers. It's like they're just throwing music on SoundCloud. They're just like recording MP3s on their MacBooks, not even doing mastering and blah, blah, blah. And I think now you're seeing more and more of these rappers kind of like create art and I'm not mad at that, but I definitely have to give it another listen. I definitely have to to, to give it a few more spins before I I can create a a, a real opinion about the album. Yeah, no, I, I think you should definitely give it a listen. I mean, I, I kind of get that because I heard that also. Where it's very repetitive. There was I remember like, I'm sick of the trap flow, and I remember another friend of mine was just like, you know, it's it's not to say it was the Migos triplet flow, but it was like it feels very much like. A lot of words, and and I kind of get it because you know I'm not going to be like Uzi Vert has the most enlightening content out there, but it's really cool hearing somebody. And again, I think it's a resurgence, and I hate to kind of bring it up like this, but going back to Megan, going back to the baby, going back to like like I said, a lot of the tracks here, it's just like oh, these guys actually like rapping, like you know. don't know for sure. Hopefully it's not a ghostwriter, but somebody is out there writing in the composition notebook, these witty bars and enjoying it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's the idea of where there's quotables. It's the idea of where it's wit, where I kind of get where a lot of old heads be on some like, I remember when my dudes were saying blah, 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 blah. But that's not necessarily true. Like I love Redman. Redman's one of my favorite rappers out there. And he did have some real shit, particularly in There's a Dark Side of Depression, certain songs like that. But for the most part, Redman was a funny dude who had funny lines. You know what I'm saying? Eminem. Some of us fall in love because of Stan. Maybe not. Hopefully not. In that case, you're very creepy. But a lot of people fall in love because he had very witty wordplay. And I and that's what I kind of like about you know a lot of this is the idea of where he's not saying anything deep, but he's having fun rapping. It kind of reminds me of uh, Lil Wayne on Funeral. We had that song Mamma Mia, where it's just mm. him just spazzing out for like fucking four minutes. And it's kind of cool. I don't know. It's, it's like almost like a guitarist, right? You know? I love a nice riff. I love great songwriting. I love great melody. But sometimes you want to see somebody fuck up a guitar. Sometimes you want to see somebody have a fucked up drum solo. Sometimes you want to see somebody like, you know, just the art of rapping, enjoying it. And and like I said, it's, it's kind of cool having these guys try to hit it. I'm not going to be like Uzi versus the best rapper ever, but at least for a good, let's say, 20 minute run in this record, he's having fun rapping. And sadly enough, it's a rarity, particularly in a time of where, you know, everybody's drugged up. The world's kind of going a certain way. 
having somebody having fun creating art is a positive. So, you know, for me, like I said, it's, it's, I thought it was a big win. Where it would have been very easy to kind of come out there, have, you know, a whole bunch of generic fucking retreads, a whole bunch of fucking auto-tune, a whole bunch of this, a whole bunch of that. At least for a part of this album, he's he's rapping his best. You know, the obvious, the obvious, you know, mumble rap shit is still, in my opinion, solid. It's just, it's cool to have something out there for a major label to actually, like, work was put into it, and it wasn't a cash trap. So, props to him. Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely props yeah. to uh, props to him. Yep, and, and I think that's about it for uh, this this <laughs> for this for episode of The Bunker. This is Reginald signing <laughs> off. <laughs> if there are any survivors out there, please hit the SOS. We'll be here. Before I move on to a new city for shelter, in about three or four days. Dude, it's about to become an I Am Legend out here, man. Oh, it's, it's going to be, be awesome, though, man. But you know it's going to be great? Cheap-ass rents. You know what I'm saying? If everybody's dead, you know what I'm saying? I'll be able to finally move into the Upper East Side apartment in the sky. Ha, 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 And on that note, y'all stay out there, stay safe, stay healthy, and we love y'all. Peace. Peace.